Here's the thing. Do I sound okay? Your voice sounds lustrous. Lustrous and rich. Lustrous and rich, very much like... We'll fall in love singing. Careful, it's my heart. You're easy to dance with. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is the actual show. This is really it. You're not crazy. This is happening. Welcome. This is your head. That's right. Welcome back to How Have You Not Seen This? It's a podcast about a husband, me, Daniel, hey, and a wife. That's you. It's Tracy. Tracy. Say That's hi. my name. Hi. There you are. And um, we show each other movies that the other one really should have seen by now. And then we discuss them and uh, generally mm-hmm. drift off the path into God knows what. Yeah, I don't even know. And you seem to enjoy it. So we're just going to keep doing it. And you know what? Even if you don't enjoy it, just keep downloading it and give us those awesome ratings. Um, that's really all that matters. Not seen so, this pod. Yeah, just download it. Play it in the background. Download it on uh, your parent's phone or an enemy's phone. Whatever you want to do. Why just download it. download onto your old man's phone? Ha-cha-cha. He won't know it. Ha-cha-cha. We're talking like that because this week we're talking about a movie from the 1940s starring Mr. Bing Crosby and Mr. Fred Astaire. 1942's Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Is this week's movie. Is this week's holiday movie because this tis the season. Tis. Happy Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, Happy Kwanzaa. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who do not celebrate anything... Hello. Yeah, if you don't celebrate anything, I hope you have a nice week anyway. And, and I how hope, are you? I hope work is, is easy and chill. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Just hope you have a good week, everybody. Yeah, so this is our holiday yep. our holiday week, and we're going to take, I want to say, two weeks off after this uh, because mm-hmm. of Christmas and then New Year's, and but we may do a mini-sode. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We just want you guys to know what's up. Keep your keep us in your feet. Keep, keep your that ears, shit refreshed. Your ears open and your eyes closed, that's, especially while driving. Yep. That's, no, wait, that's not right. Uh, it's bad advice. Yes. So we are talking about Holiday Inn from 1942. Uh, we just watched this uh, last night. This is new for Tracy this week. I had seen yes. this before. So I'm embarrassed. Um, just real quick, uh, it is a musical with songs and music by Irving Berlin. You gonna crack it open? Yes, I'm, cr- I'm cracking. Crack I'm cracking. Hit it. Do it. Just Shotgun it. Cracking Shotgun a brew. It. We're each on our seventh Natty Light, and we're about to have an amazing show. Uh, I wouldn't drink that. Piss. I'm kidding. Uh, we're drinking Coke Zero, the liquid that keeps us going. Anyway, uh, no one cares. I know Holiday Inn uh, is a musical. Again, Irving Berlin, Bing Crosby, and Fred Astaire play song and dance man entertainers. They have kind of a partnership. Uh, they were a song and dance men. They had an act together for a while doing like, you know, dinner clubs, some floor shows, things like that. So at the beginning of the movie, they have been working together for a while. Uh, and Bing Crosby, who plays Jim, and Fred Astaire plays Ted. Jim Bing Crosby decides he wants to get out of the rat race, get out of the hectic life of showbiz, and just go live on a farm upstate. And he winds up eventually turning this farm into what he calls the Holiday Inn. Uh, a special inn that's only open on holidays. This is kind of the big picture look at it. And it's a, it's a musical about his uh, his attempt to get that holiday inn up and running and the rivalry between 
uh, him and Ted and the the woman they kind of both wind up fighting over and uh, the things that go back and forth. You are nodding your head no fervently. Well, you're literally leaving out the whole, like, the setup to them fighting over the girl later on in the movie is that their their um, act at the beginning of the film is them, the two of them and a woman. Yeah. And Jim is in love with the woman and they're supposed to get married and she's going to leave the business and go live on the farm. But Ted is also in love and Ted's kind of a skis. Fred Astaire, I adore you. And obviously this does not change my opinion of him. His character is a skis. Yeah. And he is in love and he steals her away from Lila. Mm-hmm. Steals her away from Jim uh, right under his nose and she stays and and is in the show with ted and jim like just goes off and, and yeah. sulks off to the farm mm-hmm. so that to me is a super important part of yeah, it I was, is uh, that, yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna get into that as we kind of talk as i was going to talk about the beginning because i think the beginning is kind of weird they have to do a lot super fast because yes. they have to set up um it's a long movie yes it is it's a it's a it's a couple hours um like an hour 41, it just feels longer, which for reasons we'll get into in a little bit. But yes. uh, so anyway, there's there's some rivalries back and forth. And uh, but it's really just a showcase for these songs and dance numbers. Yes. With Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire, like uh, Irving Berlin wrote a dozen songs just for this movie. Thirteen. Um, Didn't he? Thirteen. I, 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 what I saw was a dozen, but there are more than that because he uses some of his older songs oh. in this movie. Like, uh, for instance, Easter Parade is one of his songs, but was not written for this movie. It's from a, it's from a few years earlier. Oh, okay. So things like that. So this movie is jam-packed with songs and dances, maybe too many. Like, Yeah, if you're not an Irving Berlin fan, do not watch this movie. Yeah, which, and again, I want to talk about that. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie, but no. it's got, it's, it's too many things. Like, they're, like, you can cut out some of these songs and be fine. Like, in it, the it's, words it's, of the Emperor Namadeus, too many notes. I was thinking of that too. I was thinking too many notes. Like it's too many notes. Too many notes. Um, but anyway, it is, it is of course, uh, or not of course, as we'll talk about. The movie is uh, known because it was the big screen and and big pop culture debut of the song White Christmas, which is one of the reasons we're talking about it this week, and one of the reasons it's often regarded as a holiday movie and a Christmas movie. So. Yes. 1942 Holiday Inn, Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire. How have you not seen this? I uh, honestly thought that I had. It was hilarious. I it is it is such a part of the zeitgeist. Like White Christmas is, if I'm not mistaken, it may have been taken over by something else. But for a very long time, a very very long time, it was the number one so, number one song in history. It still is. It's the biggest selling single of all time. Okay, with an there you go. estimated just real quick estimated 50 million copies sold yeah number two is elton john's candle in the wind 97 oh, at like 33 million yeah, well, copies that would make sense. but no biggest selling single of all time okay well so you know you have that and so i had that whole like i'm blah, 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 dreaming of a white christmas we all did the and i just thing. assumed i swear to god that between that and the movie white christmas mm-hmm. I, I thought I mixed them. All. I just thought that I'd seen it. And so when I was looking for, we, we knew that we wanted to do a holiday movie. And I was like, what the fuck are we going to find a holiday movie that one that I haven't seen? I read the plot of Holiday Inn and went, yeah, I have never seen this before in my life. And so yep. it worked out perfectly in that I had never seen it. But, you know, I'm fine no, yeah. not seeing it again. Yeah, you're okay. I'm 
definitely fine not seeing it again. Well, what's interesting is this was the um, this was a really big hit. Of course, it was a smash hit, huge. And uh, the second movie, uh, or sorry, the first movie to to really pair Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire like this, who were both, of course, already big stars at the time. Like, so it was not cheap to get them. No. So basically, the studio wound up going for a few reasons with some lesser known actresses. Nobody's for the female leads because they had to pay for Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. Anyway. Um, this movie is such a hit that they reunite them a couple years later in a movie called Blue Skies, um, which was actually started in pre-production by the same director, Mark Sandrich, who directed Holiday Inn. Oh. But he died of a heart attack in pre-production. At like, Jesus Christ. He was like 44, 45. It's, 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 a, it's tragic. Well, it was a smoking and drinking time. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so he very tragically died. They, they made that movie. They tried to actually recapture some of the vibe of this mm-hmm. with white christmas it was supposed to be a reunion of bing crosby and fred astaire mm-hmm. but fred astaire passed because they were like hey we'll get you guys back together we'll do another movie set at a hotel and we'll do the song and but fred astaire didn't want to do it um one of the reasons in, at one point he had expressed some displeasure playing these roles just like losing the girl to bing and being kind of a dick he didn't really want to do it again i don't blame him he was a total dick and of course it was years later because this was 1942 blue skies was just a couple years later but white christmas came out in 54 so some time had passed he pa- and he didn't want to do it that's why they went with danny k yeah um actually at one point in pre-production on that bing crosby was attached to it still but then his wife passed away and so he wound up kind of withdrawing for a while but then wound up signing back on for the movie but uh. that's one of the reasons why you've seen white christmas and that maybe made you think you'd seen a holiday inn because it's a not a remake, but it's it's a very, very loose reinterpretation because, again, set it in the end. It uses the song White Christmas. There's a lot of sim- similar elements yeah. to get repurposed. Yeah. So it's, it's not a story remake in any way, but they were like, hey, let's trot this stuff out again yeah. and, and do it again. If but it anyway, works, it works. the debut of White Christmas uh, as, a, as a pop culture phenomenon was in this movie. Yes, and it was um, beautiful. Yes. So, but anyway, I just think it's funny that you, you thought you'd seen it already, which is almost one of the points because white christmas they were like what if we just recycled the same basic thing and made it again and it made a lot of money and they were like yeah well, that worked out that was a good idea yeah. so yeah seriously <laughs> yeah. i i i did not uh i did not expect i really i mean i really mm-hmm. thought that i'd seen it and you know the whole mm-hmm. down the holiday in like mm-hmm. i knew happy holidays happy holidays i thought i'd seen it i, I thought I, I knew you have my favorite singing voice it's, it's, not, it's the best you live with me you should sing on this podcast no you should sing on this podcast no i'm definitely oh, not gonna sing on this okay. podcast because that would be super embarrassing for okay. me okay uh, i mean i sing like little things when i want little to. jingles yeah little jingles. Um, i'll tweedle so um, tell me what you thought about the movie um oh boy Okay, so it it okay. One thing that I that I discovered at the very end, um, after you and I were kind of talking about it, it actually reminded me of last week's movie, Sense and Sensibility. Okay, um, in that Bing Crosby is too uptight and too like I have to be the good guy and mm-hmm. I have to be you know respectful, and so he's in love with. Um, Linda. Linda. Linda Mason. But is her name. he won't like just jump in, grab her, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I love you. I, you know, he's kind of engaged to her, but like not willing to really make the full commitment mm-hmm. and whatever. And, um, and he ends up losing her for a period of time because he was too, he's too sedate. He's too willing to just roll over. He's too willing to just roll over mm-hmm. and be like, well, I guess my life sucks now. Like, there's a moment where Mamie, Mamie, yeah, Mamie. The um, cook, who is just wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful, just 
I love her so much. Um, mm-hmm. She comes in and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, I'm pouting. And I was like, wow, a grown man just said that. Uh, that was amazing. And so, um, and then you have, so you have Bing Crosby who, who's that way, but then you have Fred Astaire who literally dances with a woman and is like, I'm in love with you now. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And then he like dances with another woman. And he's like, I'm in love with you. And I'm like, you're Marianne. You're yeah. the one who's just like, here's my heart. Here's my heart. Here's mm-hmm. my, here, here are my feelings. Here's my heart. Here's everything. And then just gets trounced. And he's like, oh. Now that's a great observation. That's a I, really, it just really. came to me. I was no, like, this is sense and sensibility. Isn't it cool sense. when stories just line up like yeah. that? Because like yeah. the things that we are drawn to in stories, I love because these myths just like echo through all these stories. So it's not at all surprising that you would rewatch Sense and Sensibility and then see Holiday Inn and see totally yeah. unexpected connections yeah like yeah i love stuff like that no it was wild. That's a really good point um i i of course every time we watch any sort of old movie i'm like i wish they still had nightclubs because i fucking love nightclubs mm-hmm. i would go all the time all the time i would go mm-hmm. um i think the idea of an inn that's only open 15 days a year is beyond stupid <laughs> i literally se- wrote that down it seems fiscally irresponsible Fisc- to say grossly, the least grossly irresponsible. how much money do you have to make on those 15 days to make it the worth whole thing it? was so stupid anyway like jim goes and he tries to run a farm the idea was i don't want to work every single day well Guess what, Jim? Nobody wants to fucking work every single day. Yeah, dude. Life is life. You're not special. Maybe don't be, you know, you pick the two. He's like, well, I guess, you know, life just sucks. Well, no, you don't have to be an entertainer or a farmer. There are jobs in between. Also, you're already a singer and dancer like... You're not in, like, the trenches. You're not in the coal mines. Well, no, I understand his argument that, like, when you are a performer in that time, you oh, did yeah. have to perform no, yeah, every single night. He was um, so he wanted to get away from that. But for some reason, he thought being a farmer was going to be easier. Let me tell you something. I have a friend who is a rancher, mm-hmm. and that is a nonstop job. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember we used to talk, and he'd be like, well, it's negative 30, and I'm going to go put some uh, hay out for the cattle. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. Um, yep. I Wow. Uh, sure. So he goes and he starts this farm. Then he goes insane and has to go to a sanitarium, mm-hmm. which they totally gloss over, which I think is really weird. Yeah. And then he's like, actually, now I've decided to turn it into an inn that's only open on holidays. Which is so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I don't have any idea how I'm going to pay for it. And the people that work for me are just going to have to work for the money that we make that night. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is all within like the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. Yes. And then when you get to the end, it's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how did you buy this enormous inn? As well as when they put on these productions, mm-hmm. they are like Hollywood insane, level right? productions. It's, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, that whole thing, you just, it's like suspension of disbelief. You just have to be like, I just want to watch this for Mm -hmm. the production value. I don't care about, I don't, I shouldn't think about like. No, no, you make a good point. There's actually, I mean, one of the things about, to go back to White Christmas, the movie, they make that make more sense because they are still established entertainers. Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye's characters in that. Yes. So when they went to put on the show at the end, they're like, hey, they call their producer and say, hey, get the whole crew down here. And they actually deal with money stuff. Yes. So like. Whereas this was just, this I'm is, just all of a sudden stuff appears and you're just, like, what? This is purely fanciful. It like, is. Like it she, is. at one point he brings Linda downstairs to like show the Valentine's Day decorations and he's like, look at these. And I'm like, who did this? This is yeah, insane. No, for real. Yeah. It's pure fanciful. And okay. 
And so then I did love seeing the origin of White Christmas and Happy Holidays because I love those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the song Be Careful, It's My Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really sweet that he writes it for her and is singing it for her. But then fucking Ted comes in and like just swirls her around and starts dancing with her. And she's just like, oh, okay. You know, my boyfriend wrote this beautiful song that he's singing to me about how I need to be careful because I shouldn't break his heart. So I'm going to go off and do this amazing dance with Ted. I don't uh, yeah yeah like there's a degree to which her character can be explained by like she just likes to dance because she's already danced with ted at one point in i mean in listen the, if fred astaire wanted to dance with me i'd be like yeah i'm sorry daniel who yeah so because she danced when, <laughs> when when ted shows up on new year's eve at holiday inn and is drunk and they dance together she dances with him mm-hmm. and she doesn't think anything of it because she just actually enjoys the dance she enjoys dancing she loves the dance she loves the the rhythm she wants the rhythm. The passion of the lambada. The passion. I don't know why I said lambada. That's weird. I don't either. Okay. Um, and then, so I've left it till the end. Yeah, we're going to, the we're, thing okay. that I think you're going to talk about, yeah, we can talk dog, about in a, The dog is already upset by it. Our producer's upset by it, too. Our it producer is, is upset. Rough. There is an extended. Yeah, okay. Oh, there is an extended blackface scene. It's bad. Um, that I, that I found out from Daniel is, um, normally if you were to see this on AMC or TNT or, you know, TBS was like, we're showing any just regular old TV channel, they cut Mm -hmm. it out Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to cut out because it is a shit song, a shit performance. And it is so offensive. It's bad. There are not words Mm -hmm. for how offensive it is. Does it now? She's thanks. That's our producer. Can you hear her? (laughs) not have any chill yeah she has she has no chill no chill at all good great um but uh there daniel explained to me and of course it makes sense there it it is for the plot but they could have come up with something else it's pretty bad yeah and uh, i'll i'll uh i'll introduce a little bit of that plot basically what happens is so (sighs) Jim is up at the Holiday Inn. Again, Jim is being Crosby. And Linda Mason, played by, uh, oh, I've forgotten her name. It doesn't matter. No, no one I'm, knows who she is. No, but I have interesting things about it. Um, Linda Mason, played by Marjorie Reynolds, has, has agreed to like work with him, do like some song and dance stuff. So they're there New Year's Eve. Ted, who's back in New York, gets dumped by Lila, who had already dumped Jim. She absconds to Texas to marry a millionaire. So Ted gets super drunk heads up to the inn to reconnect with his old buddy Jim and shows up plastered. And while he's there, winds up dancing with Linda, Marjorie Reynolds. Um, And so, but it's an amazing dance. He's like, this is the new dance partner in my life. She's amazing. If you ever want to see someone... I, this man it's an amazing sequence too the drunk dance you you take take everything I don't care about the movie I don't care about anything else Fred mm-hmm. Astaire is like a was like he's one of those huh. rare rare performers who was gifted by God or whatever the man did a dance where he's pretending to be completely shit faced drunk mm-hmm. it was beautiful and like I can't express. And, you need and to hilarious. watch. You need to yeah. watch it just for that because, like, it's hilarious mm-hmm. and it's so perfect. He mm-hmm. doesn't 
Nothing about it looks like, oh, he's going to fall. I, I can't even explain yeah, it. Like I was they, just in awe. They choreographed the missteps in a really interesting way. Yes. Like Instead of like your normal twirls and dips, like he misses his partner a few times. He has to swing back around to get her. And like instead of smiling, of course, his head's kind of bowed and he's lolling back and forth. It's yeah. like an amazing it's physical display. spectacular. But, so anyway, he winds up dancing dance. with Linda and is like, oh, this is amazing. The next day he's hungover, doesn't remember what she looks like, but he's like, this is the, my new partner. I've got to find her again. So he's like, hey, I'll come back for the next holiday at Holiday Inn and see if she returns. The next holiday is Lincoln's birthday because President's Day had not been combined yet. So it was Lincoln's birthday. So, But wait, don't forget, Jim hears all this. Yes. Jim has already had one girl mm-hmm. stolen by, by Ted. Ted. And doesn't want it to Jim happen again. Jim is terrified that the yes. woman that he loves but won't, like, but won't fully own commit up to, it. to mm-hmm. is going to be stolen again. Yes, and so rather than, you know... It's one of those things like he, he just he, – he Be a man, yeah, Jim. He freaks out. Nut so, up. So they're going to do a song about Abraham Lincoln on Lincoln's birthday. And in order to hide her from Ted, oh god! instead of like just locking her in a closet or shooting her or something, he's like <laughs> – That would have been preferable. It would have been preferable. He says, hey, let's do the Abraham number in blackface. And it is horrible. Now, wait. You should add all the servers – this is when we're watching it. When they first zoom mm-hmm. in on the thing, all the servers have fake. These are white men mm-hmm. that I guess they've put like a rug on their head. I don't know. It was so yeah. awful. Fake curly hair fake and blackface. Fake curly face. hair and blackface. The women are in blackface. Mm, Everyone bad. is it's in blackface. very bad. And I'm, and I'm horrified. Like my hands are over my mouth and, and, and Daniel's going, no, no, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. No, no, it gets worse. It gets bad. And the band, the entire mm-hmm. band is in blackface. Yep. And he's all, no, no, it gets worse. And I'm like, I do it's, not know how it could possibly it's bad. get and worse. And so then basically Bing Crosby comes out in blackface with big silver mutton chops and then Marjorie Reynolds comes out oh, in blackface in a pickaninny getup with giant she pigtails singing over her head. Out. It is horrible. It, it is horrible. It's the worst and the, thing. They are they are right to excise it completely. The only network that I know of that would show this scene when it aired the movie was Turner Classic Movies because they would their big thing was we're going to show these movies unedited and no commercials as they were created. Yeah. And again, I think that's actually. Turner Classic Movies was different, too, because Turner Classic Movies, for those of you who still have it or used to have it, would introduce their movies. Yes. With Robert Osborne, now Ben Mankiewicz, all sorts oh, of hosts. Robert. Um, but they would say, up next is such and such from this year, and they would talk about it. And so that was a chance for them to say a bit about what you were about to see and yep. kind of contextualize it. And yep. so I, um, so that's why the other channels that would show this movie that didn't have that opportunity would just excise this scene, which you can do because plot-wise, it doesn't have any narrative function. Uh, a big big thing about the movie Holiday Inn is a lot of it feels more like a review than a musical because yes. in traditional musicals, uh, one not not the definition, but one definition of them is that the songs advance the plot. Yes. Um, but there are a lot of songs in Holiday Inn that do not advance the plot, but are just songs for song's sake. Yes. Um, and again, White Christmas covers this better because they're disguised as rehearsals for the show they want to put on. Yes. But in this one, like uh, on Easter. When I was about to say the when Easter Jim and Linda no are, are they're driving home from from church to back to the inn on Easter, and he just sings Easter Parade to her the whole time, and you don't need it. They're just driving back to the inn. It's not a just plot singing song. Singing to sing. So Abraham can be cut because it doesn't serve any plot function, and it's abhorrently racist. And the only thing you miss is basically during the show, like while people are dancing, Ted and his manager Danny, who also knows Jim, are trying to find the girl linda on the dance floor they think they can find her and so there's some comedy there because uh, ted only knows what she dances like and danny just saw her from behind so they're going up to couples 
and Ted is holding his arms out to kind of dance where the guy is, and Danny's trying to look at the women's asses to see if he can recognize Linda from behind. And so there's comedy there. They keep making yeah. like really funny jokes, like mm-hmm. we're still working from the rear. Yeah, it's it's great. So, but it's it's an abhorrent number and should be excised. I I think, um, I think it should be excised on TV. I think it's worth keeping in the movie. But I think what they should do is append to all physical copies and streaming copies uh, a notification about it, like a content warning, because it's so shocking and out of the blue. And I think it's worth contextualizing. Um, I actually have a neat example. Um, Warner Brothers, uh, years ago, probably like 10, 15 years ago now, when they put out a bunch of old shorts, like Tom and Jerry shorts, Mm -hmm. uh, that, of course, are often very problematic and racially insensitive because they would have, like, African-American housekeepers and stereotypes yes. and even visual representations yes so what they would do is they would have they would have a still come up that would say the cartoons you are about to see are products of their time they may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in american society these depictions were wrong then and are wrong today while these cartoons do not represent today's society they are being presented as they originally created because to do otherwise would be that same as claiming as these prejudices never existed that's really that's a really interesting point of view because I wonder because I I sit mm-hmm. here thinking like do we not do we I don't mm-hmm. think that we can sterilize history no you can't and that's the thing like I, I think that's the thing um, this came up actually in my newsfeed recently because Disney Plus has done some similar content warnings but got Song some, of the South but everybody got some pushback which they're never going to stream of course they're not crazy <laughs> oh my um, God. but Disney Plus Dumbo for yeah Christ Disney sake. Plus yeah on Dumbo and things they'll just say. This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions, which is a little more mealy mouth and very mealy and mouth fence sitting. And I appreciate Warner Brothers actually. And this was interesting. I got this from The Verge, a piece by Julia Alexander talking about when Warner Brothers did that for their box sets. Um, when those shows were ported to Amazon Prime and iTunes in 2014 and made available digitally, that disclaimer came with them. The DVD box set also included an introduction from Whoopi Goldberg about why producers decided to leave those scenes in when the episodes were re-released. Uh, and she says in the introduction, quote, the Tom and Jerry episodes included in this collection come to us from a time when racial and ethnic differences were caricatured in the name of entertainment. These prejudices were wrong then and they're wrong today. Yep. So I think I think if you included a, a note like that at the beginning of something like Holiday Inn, which for the rest of its runtime is just pure fizzy champagne bubbles, musical review it's 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 disposable entertainment that became long lasting because of white christmas and yeah. things like that but it is so jarring because it's not even a movie of its time that was about race it's not intolerance no. or birth of a nation or gone with the wind it's a musical that suddenly just slaps this blackface in there and it's abhorrent it's abhorrent and so i think it would actually i would love it if they would do this content warning to say hey we're presenting this because that's the way the movie was made but we want you to know we think it's bullshit but we don't want to erase it or sanitize it to your point. Go stream. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because we talked about this last night. I think, oh my goodness, go stream. Go on. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, we talk about this regularly. Mm-hmm. When you have old people and they're like, oh, my grandmother still says. Some bad word. Some word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that's just my grandmother and that's just the time she was raised in. And we're like, no, 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 mm-hmm. it's not okay. Right. Back then it wasn't okay, but everybody was doing it and right. it was it was just the accepted thing. Now it's definitely not accepted and mm-hmm. she needs to be told, don't say that. Yeah. Um, that's not all right. Because, and I, 
I think if something like this came out today, we'd be like, uh, uh what? Like mm-hmm. it would, well, it wouldn't be made. It wouldn't, and it no, wouldn't, wouldn't come happen. out. Yeah. Um, this makes me think like, do, so, you know, if, if we say, oh, well, um, you shouldn't see this movie because of this scene, then it's like, well, then do you not read Huck Finn? Mm-hmm. Do you not? Because Huck Finn, every other word is mm-hmm. the N-word. Right. Um, and we ha- and I know that because if any former SJS people are listening, what, what? Um, when we had to read it out loud, why? I cannot believe why they did this. We had to say N-word. So. I can't believe they made you read it out loud. We'd be That's like. really weird. Come on, let's get on the raft, N-word, Jim. And then inward Jim did this and this. And then they were saying inward da-da-da and blah-blah-blah inward. And we finally said, Miss Green, can we just stop reading mm-hmm. this out? Like, this is bizarre. I, I think she even thought it was completely insane. Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, it's something you said a few minutes ago. You hit you hit the nail on the head. Like, there's a difference between... As I so often do. There's a difference between acceptable and, you know, morally okay. Like, it was acceptable in 1942 to do blackface. Didn't mean that it was morally okay. It no. just meant, like, the majority would let you get away with it. Exactly. So, I think that... And again, like, to, to chuck out this movie, which has so many other wonderful parts, because it's, you know... Tracy was, again, first time seeing this movie. That scene ends, and we pause it and kind of sit for a minute and just, like, digest and talk. But we go on, and she's laughing in the next scene. Like, we're almost right away. Because there's so many great performances and songs in this movie. Yeah. And so I don't want to throw out that whole thing, nor do I want to excuse or no. say, oh, that was just the times. Like, the times were bullshit. This depiction is bullshit. And yes. they should it should just come with a warning saying, you're about to see this. Greatest I, generation, my mm-hmm. fucking ass. I mean, I found a good, uh, good note, too. David Hinckley, who used to write for the New York Daily News, wrote an essay about this on Medium. And he said, Abraham is just a bad part of the movie. It's not even a particularly good song. No. But I'm not sure that we move forward by pretending that that song and that America never happened. Exactly. So it's That's exactly right. It is it is shocking to see today in 2020. It is horrifying. Mm-hmm. But I think it's worth remembering and confronting and not also throwing out the rest of a really uh, occasionally very entertaining movie. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's it's I'm glad that we were able to I'm, I I warned you about that ahead of time. I was physically nauseous. Like, it was I bad. Was, well, I don't know how how other no. way to be but I, I, warned I was you, nauseous. I warned you ahead of time. I was like, there's a very problematic scene. I didn't even say problematic. I said it has blackface in it. And I, I told you when it was coming. I paused before the scene started. I said, it's yeah, about to yeah, happen. You did. You did. And, because, I'm... and we're adults, but I still was like, I can't just throw somebody into this without saying you're about to see something very troubling. Yeah, it was. It was very troubling. Yeah. Um, The... The movie itself, I mean, mm-hmm. listen, I'm not, I am not going to go to uh, the mat for Holiday Inn. I'd no, probably go to the fine. mat for White Christmas. I agree. I think White Christmas is better. Um, Holiday Inn, if someone was like, you know, it's this or whatever, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a drink. Yeah. Like, there is a, there is a dance that um, Fred Astaire does. I know I sound like a freaking broken record for Fred Astaire, yeah, especially amazing. since I love Bing Crosby so much, even though mm-hmm. I hate his kids. Why, Bing Crosby? Why? I know. Um, I, there's a, a 4th of July dance that he does with mm-hmm. firecrackers. Oh, my God. It is, like, transcendent. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, I... Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like when I watch, uh, um, is it Misty Copeland? Is Cop- Misty? No, that's not right. Misty Copeland? Not We're talking Copeland. about the ballet, the the ballerina. I don't know any ballerinas' names. Oh shit! 
I'm going to get it wrong. I only know fictional ballerinas from like I may movies. have made it up. Mystique Copeland, I swear that's right. Sounds right. The uh, She's the prima ballerina for the New York Ballet. Okay. Um, and um, she is... Okay. And um, look, will you look it up? Make I am. sure I get the name. Um, watching her dance is like, how does... You got it. Misty Copeland. Boom! It's like, how does the body move that way? How are you doing... She makes me cry watching her dance. Um... So it's the same with Fred Astaire for me. And Bing Crosby, I mean, I am not a blue-eyed girl with the exception of my boy. I like uh I like the darker mm-hmm. I like the darker, more dashing gentleman. Yeah. But uh Bing Crosby, wow. Hubba. I mean, that man can sing. He looks like he's like five feet tall, but he can he was, sing. He seemed like a little dude. Sing, sing, sing. Yeah. Um, no, uh, what's amazing is there's a number where when, uh, Fred Astaire basically is Ted has to go on at the Independence Day show. And for plot reasons we're not going to get into, uh, Jim has prevented Linda from appearing in the, the performance with him. So they're like, you just got to go out there and improvise something. So he's backstage smoking because it's 1942. And he's like, I'll smoke before this tap dance. This will be fine. Um, and so he grabs handfuls of firecrackers and throws them into his pocket and goes out and does this amazing dance where he's throwing uh, firecrackers and poppers on the ground that pop around him in rhythm with his dance. Unreal. And of course, it's amazing because it's really happening. Like the debris is left on the stage. Oh, like, it's incredible. It's it's an amazing dance. Um, and it's interesting too because that is also a scene where uh, right before that dance, there is a very patriotic number um, about where Bing Crosby comes out as Uncle Sam and is like, "All God's people will be free." Which is, you know, something to see here after Lincoln's birthday number. But there's also uh, there's a, a montage of like war footage and like you know, Newell's real stuff. Do you know or have a guess as to why that was in there? 1942. No. I can just tell you. Um, the filming of this. Oh, you're like I'm tired. No, no, it's, no it's, silence. This is amazing too because I didn't know this as a kid. The filming for this took place November 18th of 41 to January 30th of 1942. So three weeks into filming, Pearl Harbor is hit. Ho, ho. Oh, my. So, yeah. That explains everything. Now then, the idea was already, of course, Irving Berlin's idea was already greenlit. He had the idea in, like, 1940 and told Paramount. And they were like, good, here's some money to make a movie. So, like, the number Let's Say It with Firecrackers was already going to be done, as was the Firecracker dance. But oh yeah no but I'm talking about the yeah big that's the thing like during production they added that because it was weird because like it's Bing Crosby comes out as Uncle Sam sings a very overly patriotic number with kind of a recycled sounding tune it clearly sounds written late in the game and then it cuts to just a montage of like ships and factories and FDR and soldiers marching because this came out in August of forty two and I mean like the U S is just getting into the war well that like, makes perfect Pearl sense. Harbor was bombed halfway through. That makes production. Sense. So, like, it's this is this is a very shaky, shaky time yeah. in American history. So, yeah. yeah, you have this. It becomes this moment to like rally, and so you it becomes much more patriotic than just yeah. firecrackers. At one point, I turned to Daniel and mm-hmm. I go, "They're skipping holidays." I mean, mm-hmm. he goes, "Yeah, I know they skipped St. Mm-hmm. Patrick's Day." And I go, "And they also skipped Memorial Day." And he just mm-hmm. stares at me and he goes, "Oh no, I I made a mistake. I thought you meant Veterans Day." Oh, okay. Memorial Day did exist, but they skipped it. Veterans oh, Day wasn't around well, yet. Then, in that. Yeah, then they did skip stuff. Mm-hmm. Toots to you. He did skip stuff. I was right. You, of course you're right. You're always right. I know. Beautiful and wonderful. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I did want to talk um, about the song White Christmas because... Okay. I want you to take a breath. Something we've talked about is Daniel gets I get really, excited about movies. really excited. 
Mm-hmm. And he talks really fast. I'm working on it. And it makes it a little hard for the producer's assistant, moi, yeah. to cut in clips because the man does not breathe. I don't think our producer does any real work. Well, she gets paid a lot more than She's me. She's asleep right now. Well, don't yeah. bother her. Okay, uh, so. so. The song White Christmas, uh, not intended to be the big hit. The big hit, the, the big hit they were banking on was Be Careful, It's My Heart. <laughs> they really fucked that Which, up. Which, good song, and also charted and did well for them. Yes. Uh, but it just happened to be one of those things because, um, you know, Bing Crosby, sorry, Irving Berlin had written these songs and was having Bing Crosby, you know, sing them in the movie and record them and stuff. And they were like, hey, this is, this is a good song. Um, so Bing Crosby sings it on like a, a craft Christmas special in uh, 1941. And then, of course, halfway through 42, you know, Pearl Harbor's already been hit. This movie comes out and why christmas is in this movie and uh they start then playing it you know it becomes like a gi request and very oh, popular with soldiers overseas and so then it just becomes more and more popular um and that just like sends it you know through the roof it of course given its sales was being crosby's biggest hit by far yeah um and the big and it for the rest of his life it was associated with him and he with it like when you sing when you think of white christmas of course Everybody and their mom has covered White Christmas Christmas on their albums yeah. and their streams. But Bing Crosby is like the definitive yeah. singer and performer of White Christmas. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, I don't think of anybody else. Um, yeah, so he, uh, I, I found this interesting piece on a KUOW and NPR outlet written by Katie Sewell. Um, What's up, Katie? Yeah, he recorded the song for distribution in 1942. Uh, when he traveled overseas to perform for the troops, the carol was always the most requested despite his reservations about performing it. He said in an interview, quote, I hesitated about doing it because invariably it caused such a nostalgic yearning among the men that it made them sad. Heaven knows I didn't come that far to make them sad. For this reason, several times I tried to cut it out of the show, but these guys just hollered for it. But you know, the thing... Sorry, hit a chord. You know, Um, the thing is, uh, being sad mm -hmm. is kind of something... Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say this. It's kind of like when Mm -hmm. I watch the end of... uh, E.T. Don't think about it. And no, I'm, <laughs> You're going to start crying. No, Don't play the music. Cut the music in and we'll I cry. should cut the music in. Hang on.
Okay, and so you're a mess. I'm just distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I think these men, I completely, completely understand mm-hmm. them wanting to feel that you you have to. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. I have friends in the that have been that are in the armed services. Friends that have been in the armed services, and I. I imagine that you have to cut yourself, your emotions off when you are doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so having a song like that that connects you to your family and to things that you love is really, really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's not completely obvious, it's I really want to work with veterans when I get out of school. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's, an, it's an amazing song. It's a beautiful song. And uh, it's just, uh, as, as Katie wrote in her piece, um, for Composer Berlin, uh, it was an unexpected hit. It's a simple song, just 54 words and 67 notes. It was written for musical review about the holidays. Um, and he really did think, be careful, it's my heart. The Valentine's Day song would be the bigger hit. Um, Crosby's original 1942 master recording was the one that was first played for troops overseas. And it wore out from overuse. Oh, God, so that's wonderful. in 1947, they re-recorded it, but with like the same band and instrumentation to get it as close as possible oh, to yeah. the original recording as they could. Uh, because they were like, it's it's so important. Um, now, here's a question. Why didn't they have Linda in it? Because I got to tell you that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I understand because they can't drag her around. In the movie, she sings with him. Yeah. In, but mm-hmm. it's really nice when she sings with it him. Is. And I'd never heard that. And I was like, oh, and this I love, is really I love that version too. sweet. Because he, she goes up there for Christmas Eve. The Holiday Inn isn't open yet. And he says, well, hey, I can fulfill a promise I made because I wanted to play the song tonight in the end. I'll play it for you. And he plays her the song he wrote, which is White Christmas. Yeah. And teaches it to her. And so she sings it back to him on the second go through. Um, and that becomes the the song they come back to at the end when they reunite. But there's our producer <laughs> weighing in. You can sing too. You that was sick beautiful. Idiot. Anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, she actually, Marjorie Reynolds' voice was dubbed in the movie by a singer named Martha Mears. Um, and that version was released because around the time of the movie came out, they released a, a soundtrack album from Holiday Inn oh. that was interestingly, Bing Crosby, of course, had been in the business for a few years by then, putting out a lot of singles and they released a bunch of compilation albums because that was the big thing back in the day, just those little singles and B-sides. But in terms of studio albums, like going to the studio, cut this album, mm-hmm. the Holiday Inn release was like his third studio album ever. Oh. So White Christmas was very early in his actual career as a studio album. Oh, um, artist, uh, but no, I, I they they wound up recording with him to sing the whole thing, the official version that would that, be released. Well, no, that makes sense. Um, and but it, I will say that mm-hmm. if you're watching the movie, it's a really sweet scene. It is. It's great, and it also um, you have a callback to it at the end of the movie mm-hmm. that's really sweet. Yeah, um, and um, you know, it's funny Marjorie Reynolds who plays Linda, who her character sings it with him. The, yes. those both times i was there um she wound up of course doing some stuff overseas for the troops too because her husband um wound up uh, enlisting uh and she would you know she she didn't sing in the movie and so like but the troops are always like sing my christmas she's like that wasn't me in the movie and they're like we don't care and they would, she would just do it anyway for them um because we don't care. it just made them happy and so she so uh yeah she just she just wanted to um yeah she said, "Quote: uh, I travel. At one point, she was uh, she was traveling 
through the Aleutians in Alaska. And she said, I traveled alone except for an army officer guide. At first, I thought my show might be inadequate as it was just 45 minutes of dancing, singing, patter, and joking. The boys liked my singing to the accompaniment of Bing's recording of White Christmas. This amazed me, for in the movie, my singing was dubbed by Martha Mears. At one post, they made a drum from caribou skin and an old tin to accompany me in dance. Oh, However, I would have returned the next day if asked, as one cannot overemphasize the joy brought to servicemen by anyone from home. She was a very nice person. Um, also, trivia about her, she tested for the roles of Melanie and Corrine in Gone with the Wind, but lost out on both. Really? And so she got, she still got to be in the movie. She has like one off-camera line. She's like uncredited, but she was in Gone with the Wind. Um, Sorry, our producer, no, no, producer is, is not helping. Our producer is getting so. Um, uh, yeah, interestingly, uh, the woman who played uh, uh, Lila, Lila, um, originally was cast in the role of, of Linda, but oh. then they, they switched casting because they brought in Marjorie uh, because the director had remembered her from some other stuff she'd done earlier. Yeah, and she looks she looks more the innocent. I mean, she literally has mm-hmm. her eyes are very wide. Um, oh yeah totally very wide spaced in her face but mm-hmm. she's got that wide-eyed you know like innocent look and lila mm-hmm. is definitely more the gal about town yeah um that that excerpt by the way that i just shared was from a piece uh by colin briggs on a website called classic images he actually wrote a bio and interviewed uh marjorie reynolds later in her life to get some of these quotes oh. um and interestingly uh she so she'd been remembered by the dance director and brought in to test and uh the woman who, you know, um, they switched roles with didn't even wind up begrudging her because she said, quote, <laughs> Marjorie had such a winning personality, you couldn't help liking her. Um, and she actually said the same things. Like, she was not a fan of Bing Crosby's, who was uh, apparently a giant dick. Child yeah. beater? Yes. Uh, she says, I knew his wife, Dixie Lee, and this may have put his guard up. One day when he was absent from the shooting, I completed a scene where I got dunked in a creek. Remember that where the car yeah, was moving? Yeah, 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 yeah. She says, as I was wet through and shivering, the director okayed my drying off in Bing's dressing room. Unexpectedly, Bing arrived and ordered me out of there, the only heated dressing room. To me, he was very much a man's man, and later when we did the movie Dixie, he still wasn't friendly. That doesn't surprise me But she me continues, at all. on the other hand, Fred Astaire I adored. A lot of his partners called him a perfectionist, which he was, and some said he had them in tears. I found him wonderful to work with, and the rehearsals were disciplined, intense, but fun. When the cameras rolled for our first dance together, I was shaking, but he kept whispering in my ear throughout with words of encouragement like, you're beautiful, you're sensational. Oh, my God. Isn't that great? <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, you, you watch this movie. I mean, that's one of the reasons I don't want to dismiss some of these performances, because Fred Astaire, one of the best dancers in history and one of the best dancers on screen ever. It's like him and Gene I'm Kelly. I'm literally blushing right now just yeah, at the like, thought of it. It's him and Gene Kelly and then like miles and miles oh, of empty space. Gene Ke- See, I was thinking about Gene Kelly because he is also known as a major, major perfectionist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not a dick. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what what I think is so fascinating about the, the way this, this works is it's very much got the classical filmmaking presentation of the dance numbers, which is it's straight on. It's almost like you're an audience member in the front row. Yes. The camera. But see, you're a little high. Yeah, they get a little higher. The camera shows the whole performer above their head and below their feet with as few cuts as possible. Yep, yep, Because yep. you want to see the actual performing. In most movie musicals today, even with real talented people, they create energy through cutting, which I understand fast cutting came up as a, as a filmmaking technique long after these musicals in the classic era were made, but you lose that sense of what you're watching. And I think it comes because Fred Astaire and a lot of these dancers back then got their start on stage. Fred Astaire came up in vaudeville and he had to be able to hold your attention on stage. There was no cutting that could save him 
when he was like performing as a child and no. then like leading his family act. So when he and Bing at the very beginning are doing their, their act with Lila and Bing's like, you know, I'll sing to her and Fred Astaire is just dancing. He spins around and just jumps up onto a bench and it's like the man can float. It's insane. It's no, it's crazy. And so when he does the dance with the firecrackers or any of the dances with, that, with, uh, with Linda, please watch the movie. Just they for that. cut as little as possible. And I was looking at other modern musicals, even as entertaining as they can be, you know, I mean, Chicago won best picture yep. and things like that. But I was rewatching clips from Chicago today, and even with talented performers, uh, they do a lot of cutting for the energy, and so you lose that sense of what their bodies can actually do on screen. Yeah. And so when you watch Fred Astaire perform, it's just, it's fucking amazing. Like, there's, no one moves like this guy. No. It is... Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, yeah. But, like, so, just his dance numbers are outstanding in this. Yeah. He's wonderful. No, and so absolutely. And so, I one of the reasons I love classic musicals like this with these great song and dance performances is you see these people who are like the best performers we've ever had doing this yep. and mark sandwich of course uh who's the producer and director in this had directed a bunch he directed a bunch of fred and ginger movies he directed top hat the gay divorcee Backwards and shall we dance carefree yeah so he he knew he'd worked with fred Astaire several times and directed a lot of fred and ginger pairings and so he was a very talented director and knew what he wanted to do and I just I love getting to watch these classic performances like this because you don't see them because they literally don't make them stylistically like this anymore. Right. So you don't see the dances. Right. Even I was looking at recent examples like La La Land. I looked at clips from La La Land, which as a movie eats butt. And so I was rewatching <laughs> clips today. It does. It eats and like, actual butt. The, first of all, they don't they're not good singers, so I don't get the appeal. And they're not good dancers and there's still so many like cuts and moves and cgi stuff that you don't really see them physically performing and one of the allures of, of a musical like this is the performances you know you're seeing yes like they're capturing a physical thing i i was literally on the edge of my seat yeah for like, some of the for some of the dancing i i just was just completely it's, it's outstanding thrown and and the singing is is great too because whether they capture the singing live or re-recorded in the studio you know that's actually being crosby's voice he's a talented singer yes he's, but when you see Fred Astaire move, you're like, there, there's nothing fake there. There are no wires. There's no cuts. No. This man is just doing this. Yeah. It is insane. And I'm glad you brought up the dance where his character's drunk because it is an amazing bit of acting and dancing and performing. And he's he's got that curse where he's so good, you almost don't understand how good what it is what yeah. you're seeing. No, that's the truth. It's a, he's a genius physical performer. That's the truth. And I, I loved his performances in this. So I'm, I'm happy just like, you know skipping the abraham number and chucking out some of the the paper thin plotting and just going with like it's got white christmas it's got be careful it's my heart it's got fred astaire singing and dancing you're easy to dance with mm -hmm. there's some great numbers in there and i can just take those and i'm happy with that yeah so yeah mm -hmm. and i think i like the humor between i like the humorous scenes with the manager with danny danny <laughs> he's he's really good he's really he's, funny he's like kind of he's not slimy he's more just like happily opportunistic yes he's, yes happily he's opportunistic ted perfect. and jim's old manager and he's like kind of scheming but not malicious he's just like hey, i gotta make a buck in this business yeah like and he's hilarious but he and ted together yeah, they're they great. make me laugh like <laughs> i i was usually laughing when they were on yeah. um it's yeah it's definitely one that i think you should you should absolutely see mm -hmm. because you should see the origin of the song that has been a part of your life i assume if you are yeah. in if if you're if you're an american uh, an american and, and or alive if yeah if you've um, been alive in the past 70 years then you've you heard know this white song. christmas and you should see the origin of it mm -hmm. i mean for historical purposes alone yeah um and then you know 
listen, I am I am a major old movie buff, as mm-hmm. is Daniel. So I tend to be a little snobbish about them. And is this the best one I've ever seen? Nope. No. Nope. No, it's not. Um, but like Daniel said, you get you get some really great performances from Fred. Mm-hmm. You get some really great performances from Bing. Although every time he came on, I was like, taking a break from beating your kids. Hell. Because um, that really, really bothers me. It's um, was a bit of a shit. Yes. Uh, and... Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I was watching a video review today on YouTube from the New York Times, actually back in like 2008 or 9. A.O. Scott was talking about this briefly. And he talked about how, you know, this is just one of those disposable pieces of pop entertainment because most movies that come out are just meant to like capture your your imagination, entertain you for a little while, and then go away. Most movies we just forget. Yes. You know? And so this is not a, it's not a great, great, it's not one of the greats in terms no, of like plotting no. or acting or anything. But it's worth seeing and remembering because, like, when you're watching the movie, like, there's some fun songs. Some you might have heard of before. Some you might vaguely recognize. Some will be new to you. But then you come across White Christmas, and, like, to see it, you're like, this is where this came from. Yeah. And you, it hits you. And the thing is, I've seen this movie a bunch. I've heard that song a million times. But it's still such an amazingly – it's, like, one of the best songs of the 20th century. It's such a perfectly written song. Yes. And when you hear it and see it performed, you're like, this is – really special and i get why this took off yes absolutely Uh, i don't know if it's apocryphal or what but one of the quotes irving berlin apparently when he was writing this that it was only like the summer um he apparently told his secretary like to help him dictate songs and he's like i've just written a song it's not just the best song i've ever written but maybe the best song anybody's ever written like he's like i did i got something with this one i thought you said that he thought be careful it's my heart was going to be the he did, but he he, he knew he knew why Christmas was a good song. But in terms of this, he was he thought "Be Careful, It's My Heart" would be the bigger hit. Oh, but he thought the White Christmas was the better. Yeah, song. Yeah, he he was like, I wrote an amazing song, um, and he knew he'd written something good. But he just figured, it's the it's the Valentine song. It's Bing singing. It's "Be Careful." It's, it's a romantic crooning ballad from the early '40s. He's like, this will take off. Yeah, you know. And again, also there were not a ton of secular Christmas songs that were yeah. hits back then because what we consider that great American Christmas songbook really took off in the 40s and 50s. And why Christmas was like really the tip of the spear in a lot of ways. So it proved that you can actually have success with uh, a non-religious new Christmas song. Yeah. Um, And it it really took off. Absolutely. So I think it's worth worth seeing it just that amazing piece of pop culture history so yes i agree and mm-hmm. and i think if you want to fast forward through the blackface you should feel free to oh do so it's it's you're gonna know it because there's a very there's a cartoony calendar that pops up before each holiday and it'll come up lincoln's birthday just, just fucking fast forward just fast forward you miss no plot no plot he keeps linda away from ted feeling That's really it. horrible it's it's awful it's awful it's just so bad skip it skip it and then move along and you're fine or watch it and remember why times have mm-hmm. changed and how much they need, how much yeah. more they need to change. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we still have fucking frat boys out mm-hmm. there Doing putting this. blackface. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe it should be watched so that you can remember, hey, yeah. this is still going on. And not only is it, was it not okay then? It's super duper not okay now. Yeah. Hello. No, that's a good point. I, I'd seen this before, and so I knew what was coming, but I hadn't seen it in probably, what, 20 years solid. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie. And even though I've seen it before, I was shocked at how bad it 
is and how awful it feels yeah. to watch. Yeah, it makes it you is, feel really, really... Imagine being yeah. African-American so and watching it. I think you're very right in that there is some value. Yeah, if you've seen this before and are just watching the movie, skip it if you wanted. But like, if you haven't seen it, I think you're right. There is some real value in watching this and realizing how awful it is and just yeah. kind of sitting with it and just letting that affect your, your yeah. thoughts and your, think this your perspective. Is, this is, you know, mm-hmm. if I had been African-American back mm-hmm. in the day... This is what I would have had to see. And I wouldn't have been able to say a thing about it. No. I would have been beaten in the street. Not sure I would have been able to actually go to the theater now that right, I think yeah. about it. 1942? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Um... So yeah, it's it's disgusting. It's a movie with a lot of interesting approaches and a lot of importance in culture. Yes. So, and and a little too, I'm gonna say a little too much Irving Berlin for me. Too many songs again. Too many notes. Too many songs. There's some good songs. I uh, I didn't do this in my research, but most musicals have fewer songs. Yeah. Uh, and like White Christmas has a bunch, and White Christmas has some that again are just quote unquote rehearsals for the show that these guys are gonna put on that you never actually see them put on. So you can cut the song and not lose any plot. They're just fun to watch. But still, there are so many songs in this that you're like, easy, buddy. Just Yeah. Easter Parade is cute, but fucking. Feels just a little skip bit it. like a, an ego stroke. Yeah, you could delete it. Just delete Easter Parade, delete a bunch, delete Abraham, and you don't lose any plot. Yeah. You can just get right to the heart of the movie. Yeah. So but yeah. Well, I'm glad that you ultimately appreciated watching it yeah and, and love seeing the white christmas stuff absolutely mm-hmm. i i appreciate it as a historical document totally um mm-hmm. it's not one that i'm going to be like hey you know no i will i'll pull out singing in the rain or oh my, one of the best movies ever made oh my one of the best movies oh. ever made i'll pull out singing in the rain or i'll pull out uh anchors away or out on the town oh, or, the town is so good on the town, yeah oh my god um, yeah um i I still dream of like being in that show and getting to be mm. Hildy. Um, it's that's the kind of stuff that I yes. love, love, love. Um, I really am glad that I finally saw this, that mm-hmm. I finally saw, like I said, the, where everything started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it has value, historical value, definitely has historical value totally. and, and it has some laughs. So, yeah. So I saw it, and mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's like a fun box to check. But yeah, there are much better musicals, much better Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire movies, like much better holiday movies. Much better holiday movies. It's just an, it's just, um, it's 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 fun to see. Like, oh man, this is like the beginning of a lot of amazing things that like that have affected pop culture for the past seventy years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. So we put a button on that. Put a button on it. So let's hear hell yeah. What's my hell yeah? Well, my hell yeah is because it is the Christmas season, and I'm just a giant old marshmallow cornball, and I don't mind being it. Uh, I just love the Christmas music and the Christmas lights this time of year. You do. I am a just goofus for these things. He is. When the lights come up across the city, I am incredibly happy. I'm incredibly happy when I can start listening to Christmas music again. We put it on on the uh, the echo speaker here in the living room, and we listen to it, and we have our tree, and it just makes me happy. I feel cozy and warm, and I just love it. Like I love driving around looking at lights. I love listening to the music. I want to run for mayor on the platform of just keep the lights up all year. Yeah, I'll set aside a little little fund for y'all if you want to buy some lights. Keep them up. You can uh, you can vote me out of office once I'm done. Set I'll, up a fund for the electricity. I just that's that'll work on that too. So see two things. Okay. That's my whole mayoral platform. All right. No infrastructure, no roads, no education, just the Christmas lights, and then we're done. That's all I'm gonna do. Hmm. 
What do you think? Can I work? Can I win? I think, well, you know what? You've got as good a chance as anybody else. I'd still vote for you over, you know, most people. Well, then that's all I need to hear. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing it next year. Mayor. All right. All okay. right. So, yeah, hell yeah. Christmas. Hell yeah. Um, my hell yeah. Um, can I be political? I mean. What has ever stopped you? My hell yeah is that Trump got impeached. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, motherfucker got impeached. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're listening to this, you know how we feel about stuff. I don't give a shit what your political views are. If uh, Listen, I have two yard signs out right now mm-hmm. for a Republican for sheriff. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with a good Republican, and I have a lot of problems with a bad Democrat. Mm-hmm. I vote for the best person for the job. Trump is human refuse Mm -hmm. okay and the fact that he got impeached is exactly what needed to be happening of course everyone's freaking out oh no pence gonna be president and i'm like no babies the senate's never gonna convict him it's just that he got impeached that's Mm -hmm. a really big deal it is uh and i'm very glad that it happened and i uh i don't i don't care if that offends you and i i'm not apologizing for it um I think my my ticket for 2020 would be uh, Baby Yoda. Mm. Ooh, and me. And you. Because of the lights. Yeah. There it is. Uh, people would vote for Baby Yoda. People would 100% vote for Baby Yoda. Yeah. You know, uh, your, your thing about Trump reminded me of our friend Meredith Borders, who's a, a film critic and writer for Fangoria and a lot of other sites, posted about Trump's impeachment and said, sure, it's unlikely to go further, but I always say, anytime Trump has a bad day, I have a good day. I saw that. That is very and true. I agree. Like, he got impeached, and I'm like, good, man. You have to live with that for the rest of your dumb, orange, wrinkly life, knowing yep. you got impeached. You were formally impeached by the House. Eat shit. And I remember my dad telling me, like, the first thing they're going to do is impeach him, and I was like, well, okay, I mean, like, I'm not, oh, wasn't the first thing. And if he did impeachable stuff. How funny that now we hear sirens. They're yeah. coming for you, Trump. They're oh, coming. shit. They're coming for you. Also, I read and found out today that uh, in the Constitution, you cannot be pardoned for things that you were impeached for. <laughs> Keep that in mind, that my friend. That is awesome. Is that not awesome? Good. No, yeah. And again, like, I don't know what's going to happen, what the fallout's going to be in the Senate or how the election's going to go. But I love knowing that this awful, awful, ugly, vain person has to know it's unavoidable. He got impeached. It's happened three times in the country's history, Listen, and he got impeached. You wanted to be president because you thought it was going to be fun. And for mm-hmm. you, it has been fun because you've spent mm-hmm. almost $200 million golfing. You've okay. made no, like, you know, you've you've done nothing but but make yourself richer. Mm-hmm. You've, you've hurt this country. I don't want to say irreparably but i mean conspired with foreign governments you you've d- done you, you horrible horrible things and we've had yeah. shitty presidents before don't a we lot mm-hmm. but um my dad oh man you really want to get into it with old l price and please don't because he's had a heart attack um you just go in and be like 41 was the worst president ever and he'll just be like get out of my house yep. Um, 41 was into some shit. He worked for the CIA. Oh, man. My dad loves 41. An evil motherfucker. Oh, well, come on. Not, he's not Reagan. No, Reagan, fucking evil motherfucker. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what a weird hell yeah. Maybe yep. I should. Maybe I should. I wonder have who a, we lost just now. Maybe. I wonder how many folks are like, delete, unsubscribe. 
you know what? Then fuck off. I I really mm-hmm. got nothing to say to you because I I mean no I don't. Yeah no I'm not sorry. Trump's um, Trump's a garbage sack full of uh, vomit and poop. Who? What would be a happy hell yeah for What's me? What's a happy hell yeah? Because uh, I want to end on something happy. Yeah. Um, a happy hell yeah is that. Um, oh, geez. at the time of this recording, we're still a couple of days away. We're going to go see Star Wars this weekend. We will have seen it when this drops. Yeah, you know, I'm finding myself less and less excited about. It. I blame the Mandalorian. Yeah, you is your, your hell yeah could be related to Baby Yoda again. I blame the Mandalorian for mm-hmm. reducing my excitement about the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Yeah, yeah, the movie, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where's my baby Yoda? Where's my baby? Where is mm-hmm. he? Um, no, I, I, uh, we're we're a few days away. Uh, when you listen to this, we're a few days away from Christmas, which is my family's favorite holiday ever, and uh, and my, I love getting to spend time with my insane family, and uh, it's, it's just uh, there's nothing I love more than giving gifts just nothing oh she she goes nuts <laughs> listen people she started going ham on me early in our relationship and then a few years ago i had to be like okay you psycho how about we set like a, a dollar cap and just do like 50 bucks a person little stocking whatever can fit in a stocking just little stuff and she's like okay but she was like crossing her fingers when she said it and i didn't see so she like just blows past the cap and just gets me stuff and she just she loves giving gifts. She starts Christmas shopping in January, not in like a crazy way, but she actually will be out in if the I world see and see something and be like, so and so would love that. And then she, it goes in the gift closet. She loves giving presents. Yeah, it's amazing. don't care about getting them. It makes her so happy. I mean, no. I'm happy to get them, but mm-hmm. like, uh, I no, I she really much doesn't prefer, care. I mm-hmm. much prefer giving mm-hmm. them. I like, I okay. I don't know what that the dog thing? is. The dog is losing her shit. She's hey, having a night. Do you know? Uh, do you know who um, invented invented that car that's in Back to the Future? You know who did that? John DeLorean. The Mandalorian. You, you know what? That's you're done. I'm done. This podcast is over. We're never doing another one again. We're never doing another one again. The Baby Yoda is shaming you for this. With his little fingers. Imagine him just imagine him just giving you a very disappointed look. I'd scratch him on the ears and be like, this is a good pun, Baby Yoda. You better no, freaking take it. So I can't take it. How happy are you right now that you married me? I'm a little happy. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out. Net gain. <laughs> Net gain. All right. We love you guys. And we mm-hmm. appreciate your uh, your patronage and listening and downloading and uh yes again look us up not seeing this pod um let us know what your favorite holiday movie is maybe we'll talk about it yeah um, let us know that would be fun we've we were actually been talking about like should we do a mini sode where we talk about our very favorite holiday movie the producer is the producer undecided really has strong opinions about that she's a turd um and uh, we can talk about your favorite holiday movies, or yeah. we can talk about my favorite holiday movies. Let us know. Uh, Hit us up Daniel on social media. Daniel has way too many. I, have, I don't. I have like two. I have like four. Um, I have like four. I was. I've been making my list. We're but, not yeah. getting in depth with four of your holiday movies. No, I'm just saying. You um, can just like say the names, we'll and then I'm gonna send you out of the room. That's about normal. So, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, not seen this pod at gmail.com for questions or anything or yep. comments. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All at not seen this pod. Hit us up. Yep. Also, please, if you could, leave us a review and uh, a rating at Apple Podcasts. 
Um, the rating is, of course, very, very nice and appreciated. But if you could be so kind as to write a little review, that helps the algorithm surface the podcast for people who are searching for other things that are related or could be interested in. And it helps us get out there. And it, we're incredibly appreciative. It can be short. It can be weird. It could be profane. Whatever passes their sensors, it's your call. Absolutely. Just, just a review is super helpful. And we really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And we wish you happy, happy holidays. Happy mm -hmm. holidays. Happy we holidays. We should go out with that one. That's it. Mm -hmm. While the merry, merry bells keep ringing. Happy holidays, holidays to, to, to you. you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You know, I've written special music for each holiday. This sort of gives me a chance to keep a little promise I made to myself. I said I was going to sing this song at the end tonight. Bells in the snow.